25 anti-evolution bill proposals, five of them passed into law, numerous banned books, and just about the same number of roadblocks to education. To some, seemingly antiquated or insignificant points. To others, proof of a conservative Christian agenda to shape the minds of America. No matter where you stand on the issue, I am here to detail and examine the Christian rights long and twisted history with the policy and education of our nation. On our final episode of this great American fallacy, I dive deeper into the origin of the Christian right movement and realize much of it cannot actually be discerned through a superficial examination of the religious right today. I posit the true intentions of the movement have more to do with forming the minds of future Americans for generations than simply seeking salvation. Education battles in the 1920s, the late 20th century, and the early 2000s highlight this evangelical push to reshape society. In NPR's Apocalypse Now, by the throughline, the evangelical anti-evolution battles are examined in detail. Early 1900 evangelicals were referred to as fundamentalists. Lead fundamentalists at the time were openly and vocally against the teaching of evolution in schools for fear that it might challenge the words of the Bible, specifically segments like the creation story. The anti-evolution movement of the early 1900s was supported and in many cases spearheaded by fundamentalist figures like Williams Jennings Bryant, who funded and participated in the infamous Scopes Monkey Trial, formerly known as the State of Tennessee v. John Thomas Scopes. The fundamentalists had tremendous success and failures when it came to some of these issues that changed American political and educational systems for generations. One of these victories came in the form of a win in the trial when Scopes was found guilty of teaching evolution in schools in violation of Tennessee law. However, a failure came immediately after, when Americans began to view fundamentalists as foolish, in large part to Bryant's behavior and rhetoric during the trial. This negative public perception forced fundamentalists to take a step back, but they emerged again by the end of the century, rebranded as evangelicals to take on higher education. Historian Randall Balmer argues that examining the Christian higher education institutions of the late 20th century gives us crucial insight into the goals and intentions of the modern Christian right. January 19, 1976, marks the date of an important decision, Randall argues, motivated evangelical leaders to galvanize the rank and file evangelicals. On this date, the IRS rescinded Bob Jones University's tax exemption, a private religious institution that had failed to desegregate. Evangelical elites and leaders were united on this issue of segregation and IRS tax exemptions and began to water the seeds of evangelical distrust for abortion practices in an effort to brand the federal government's actions as overreaching. The solution became conservative Republican leadership, 
and the creation of a politically motivated evangelical right. In this light, it seems as though it can be said that the Christian evangelical political aim began as a push for a fundamentally American battle cry, the right to be exempt from taxes. From this period forward, presidential candidates and those in leadership positions have acknowledged and peddled the Christian rights rhetoric and agendas, not only in words, but in practice. Here's Jerry Falwell, a prominent evangelical leader of the late 20th century, laying out the game plan to fellow preachers, along with some commentary on the impact of his work. We have a threefold primary responsibility. Number one, get people saved. Number two, get them baptized. Number three, get them registered to vote. Jerry Falwell is the best known of the TV preachers. From his church in Lynchburg, Virginia, he reaches an estimated 20 million viewers and raises over $1 million every week. Falwell founded an organization called the Moral Majority. It is the most powerful of the Christian activist groups, claiming in the last year to have registered 3 million new voters. This is our day. Even George Gallup says this is the day, the decade of the evangelical. Melissa Deckman's 2004 book, School Board Battles, The Christian Right in Local Politics, discusses the historic and contemporary examples of evangelical influence on educational policy. Most notably, Deckman introduces Educational Research Analytics, Inc., a fundamentalist nonprofit organization that redlines textbooks that don't fall in line with their views. Educational Research Analytics, Inc. has a major influence on the production of textbooks in Texas. Textbook and school curriculum is determined by each individual state, allowing states to give companies like Educational Research Analytics, Inc. the influence to end the life of a textbook for not meeting their criteria. Their positioning in the nation's largest state for textbook orders establishes their evaluations as make or break for the life of a textbook nationwide. Because if Texas does not accept the textbook, very little, if any, copies will be produced and that textbook is essentially dead in the water. This kind of influence over the school curriculum is arguably more impactful and long-lasting than certain types of conservative Christian legislation pursuits. The information found in these textbooks forms the foundational knowledge for all students in a state, shaping their view on the world for generations to come. Here is the crux of the three examples mentioned throughout the podcast. The evangelical push to shape the minds of Americans through policy and education. From the anti-evolution movement and the Scopes trial to the fundamentalist textbook review companies, the Christian right has successfully cemented itself in the public discourse and decision-making bodies in an effort to implement their agenda for how America should run. These examples highlight the massive impact the Christian right has on not only the lives of our children, but the shape and direction of our nation. This is our day. Even George Gallup says this is the day, the decade of the evangelical.